Welcome to Digital Hospitality. I am your host, Sean Walchef. This is a Cali BBQ Media production. Today is a very exciting day for me. Um, it's a very exciting day if you're a listener. If you're a new listener, welcome to the show. Our thesis is digital hospitality. Every business needs to be digital first. Every business needs to be in the hospitality business. We are a barbecue restaurant that became a media company. And how did we do that? We did that because we opened in 2008, the height of the economic recession, and we had no idea what we were doing. Didn't know how to run a business, didn't know how to do a weekly profit and loss statement didn't know how to get people to come to our restaurant because it was in a difficult location in San Diego. Um, so what did we do? We did everything. We failed all over the place. We did all different types of marketing. Um, we advertised in the yellow pages. We took ads out in the local newspaper. Um, we went on local radio. We literally did anything and everything. Buy one, get one free group on. But ultimately what started to be successful was learning how to do social media marketing digital media marketing, understanding that there are free tools on the internet and more specifically on the smartphone that allowed us to build a community, build a brand, and to get people to care about what we were doing. So this podcast is an extension of Behind the Smoke, which was our first podcast, bringing people behind the business of barbecue. But now more specifically, it's about digital hospitality. It's about the world and all the things that go around all of us every single day. We're using incredible technology every single day, the power of the smartphone in our pocket that we can connect with guests all over the world, experts all over the world, people that inspire us to do better, to be better, people that are playing the game within the game. Today's guest is coming all the way from the other side of the world. Um, Super grateful to have Ben Arnott. He is the host, the MC of a number one barbecue podcast, a number one barbecue website. It is at Smoking Hot Confessions. And he recently launched Meat and Fire Media Services, which is something I'm super excited about. Um, Ben, welcome to the show. Thanks, mate. It's great to be here. It's uh, it's a Sunday morning here, so I'm kicking off my day talking about barbecue and digital media, two of my favorite things. I can't think of a much better way to start a Sunday. Well, I truly, truly appreciate the time. Um, it's super exciting for me uh, because we met through National Barbecue Association. So we met back in 2017 um, at Fort Worth, Texas. You had entered into the audio category for Best Barbecue Podcast. Um, Behind the Smoke, we were also in the audio category. But one of the cool things that we talk about on this show, we talk about with barbecue, but we also talk about with media and marketing is a rising tide lifts all ships. So it was never a competition. It was how do we get to meet another podcaster? That's how I met Stover, the producer of the show. That's how I met Greg Rempe, the host of the award-winning, longest-running barbecue podcast, uh, the Barbecue Central Show. And that is also how I met you. Um, you know, Can you tell us the story of our first interaction at that NBBQA festival? Yeah. So I'm um, just a little correction. It was actually 2018, not, ah, not 2018. Uh, I'm not trying 2017. To, uh, good, good. Yeah. 2018. That actually <laughs> makes more sense because we launched in 2017. So 2018. Yeah. 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 And um, so earlier in that year, sorry, in, uh, yeah, in 2018, um, I'd been working with uh, Saffron Hodgson, who was the, um, the NBBQA president. And we'd been working on a couple of things together. And she said, listen, I'm, I'm doing this thing with the MBBQA. We're expanding the, uh, the, the annual excellence awards to start including digital media, photography, podcasts, videos, uh, marketing materials, all that sort of stuff. I really love listening to your show. I think you should put it in. 
And I sort of went, oh, yeah, ha, 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 yeah, sure. Like, that, I, I don't think Americans are going to want to listen to an Aussie talk about their their national cuisine, you know. <laughs> I don't, uh, but, uh, but no, she, uh, she, she wouldn't let up because um, when Saffron's onto something, she knows she's onto something. She's a very clever lady. And uh, so I, I submitted just the podcast and uh, didn't think anything else of it. And um, I was at work one day and I was, it, it was one of my desk days, one of my office days. And I was just sitting there and doing stuff on the computer. And I got a notification on my phone. It said, behind the smoke is live now. And I went, oh, today's the, uh, the NBBQA awards. I, I, they, they might be there. And so I'd, I tapped on that and uh, your video came up on, on Instagram there. And it was, um, there was you and Stover and uh, Barbecue Central and I think somebody else, and you were basically having a round table after yep. the awards yep. and um, you were discussing how the awards went down and who'd got what and what it all meant and the implications of it and sort of really breaking it down sort of, you know, ESPN style. It was really interesting. And, <laughs> In true um, Rempy fashion. ESPN yeah, style, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. And I was, um, I was listening to that and I was watching that and I heard you actually say, oh, you know, congratulations to Smoking Hot Confessions on taking out third place. And I went, what, what? what? What's yes. happening here? And I put a comment on your um, on your uh, video saying, "Oh my god, I can't believe it! This is amazing! Uh, thank you so much for doing this video and letting me know." And then you sent me a, a direct message saying, "Mate, do you want to come join us on the on the Instagram video?" And I said, "Give me twenty minutes." And I ran out of work and I ran across the road to our equivalent of like a Best Buy. Yeah. And uh, I, I grabbed a set of headphones for my mobile phone and then ran back into my car. <laughs> hid in my car in the car park where no one could see me and, uh, and, and <laughs> set the phone up on the cradle and, um, and joined you on the, on the Instagram call. And that's how we actually uh, sort of first, first cross paths. That's incredible. I, I love that story. And it's, it's the power of digital. It's the power of social. It's the power of getting involved and, you know, having a understanding that people are putting out content and going live, live streaming. And that's the pulse of what's happening. And if it's something that you care about, you can participate in that pulse. Um, I do want to read something. I hope that your wife doesn't mind, but this is something that is so powerful um, when you're talking about smartphone storytelling, when you start to get to the truth. So this is something that your wife posted on Facebook and uh, something I want to dive into a little bit. Uh, Brie, who's an amazing woman. Um, I know she is the, the backbone of the family, just like my wife. Um, but she posted this. She says, if you know a little bit about Ben and I, you know, the past 18 months have been challenging to say the least. This time last year, after some major financial setbacks, just prior to the pandemic and lockdown, Ben and I didn't know if we were going to need to sell our home or give up on some of the big dreams we had been working on for years. We had two choices, sell our home and downsize or back ourselves and rethink the ways we could use what we had learned and the tools we had at our disposal. That is when we started. That is when we decided to start Meet and Fire Media Services. Meet and Fire Media Services. Can you bring me back to that post and what was going on? Yeah. So, okay. 18 months ago. So we have this house on the Gold Coast here and um, it's a beautiful big house. It's uh, it's, it's double story. There's a three bedroom house upstairs and the downstairs, um, it, it's what is called a Queenslander house. So here in Queensland, in the, in the ages before air conditioning, it was extremely uh, humid, extremely hot. Um, Brie, Brie refers to it as the Australian equivalent of Florida. <laughs> and so um, these Queenslander houses were built on sticks so the air could pass through underneath and cool the house passively. Um, but once air conditioning, uh, like, like residential air conditioning became available, someone built in the bottom. So there's now a two bedroom apartment downstairs. 
and so we bought this massive house um, with just the three of us, just me, my wife and my son, uh, with the plan of my wife's mother moving in downstairs because uh, her father was quite ill. And um, in the end, they ended up both passing away about 10 weeks apart. And so we got left with this massive house, this huge mortgage and um, and sort of no idea of what we we're going to do to uh, to keep it going to, to, to service that mortgage. And um, so we turned it into an Airbnb. So we run, we actually run three side hustles. So I've got a full-time job. I teach at a college um, and I work you with teach. immigrants and uh, I, I teach English as a second language. So I work with immigrants and refugees and, um, and help them arrive here, get set up, help them like teach them English, help them get out into the community and find jobs and, you know, pay their taxes and all that sort of good stuff. And uh, we, uh, okay, I'm getting wrapped up in my own story here. So uh, we are, we're doing that. We've got three businesses on the side. We've got the Airbnb, Smoking Hot Confessions, and now Meet and Fire Media Services. And so 18 months ago, um, we got hit by a huge flood here. And uh, despite the fact that we're on a hillside, we still managed to get flooded and the, the apartment got flooded, had to be all... Um, redone inside, you know, tiles up and new tiles and plaster cut out and new plaster put in. It was just a mess. And so we had to hire somebody to redo the backyard to, um, to landscape the backyard with a water catchment system in it. So we hired this guy it was a $15,000 job and he was a complete con man. And, oh. uh, by the time he, uh, well, he, he didn't get the finish because we had to fire him because we got hit with more rain and the damage oh. was worse than the damage was worse than before after the work that he'd done. And he was also very fraudulent in what he was telling us he was charging us for and what he was actually doing. So the $15,000 job turned into a $50,000 job oh by the time we God. had to hire someone else to, to, to redo everything that he'd done. And we had just bought our tickets to... America to go on our annual trip to America because the NBBQA had invited me to present uh, in 2020. So we were out that money. We were out the backyard with this con man. We we're out the money for the backyard with the con man. And then um, the, the pandemic hit and uh, everything just went on hold. And so um, Australia is quite, uh, I don't know if, if, if you visited here, but um, customs and all that sort of stuff are really strict here. So anything kind of biological, like you can't bring any food in at all, yeah. um, all that sort of stuff in your, in your luggage and whatnot. So they just, they, they just shut the borders here. They said, that's it. And so um, Brie was already uh, not working. She had just been made redundant in December. Um, like about six weeks before the pandemic because her school had decided to close the Gold Coast campus and just focus on the Brisbane campus. So she was not working, but her redundancy payment had been eaten up by this con man. And then the pandemic hit. So Bree's also an international English language teacher. So no international students, no international English teachers. Um, so there's schools closing left, right and center over the last 18 months. Um, it's only by the grace of, you know, Jesus, Allah, Buddha, whatever you believe in, um, that I've managed to keep my job to, to keep us going. And so we, we were in this situation of staring down the barrel of this giant mortgage and going, okay, we either call it and sell the house and move back in with my dad and try and find jobs somewhere else, or we back ourselves, take stock of what we've got, look at what we've got, what can we do with it, and uh, and double down on ourselves. And we've always been good at 
sort of building businesses. We used to work together as um, as a team and schools would hire us to rebuild their schools and redo curriculums and all that sort of stuff. And we, we did that a couple of times for a couple of schools in Sydney and a school up here on the Gold Coast. And we thought, well, we know we can work together. We know we work together well. Um, let's back ourselves. So we sat down with a couple of big sheets of A3 paper and we said, okay, what do we got? And we just went through everything. We said, okay, we, we got this big house with this apartment downstairs. We've now got a beautiful backyard area. Um, we've got all this hardware for the podcasting. You know, we've got the, 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 the sound boards and the cameras and the computers and the high speed internet connection and the lights and the blah, 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 blah. How can we sort of package all this up together? And so that basically led to the formation of Meet and Fire Media Services. And um, the other thing that that's really important to what we've been doing is relationship management and network building. And so because I'm still working full time, Bree started joining a couple of uh, different networking groups and she'd go out and she'd meet these people and, you know, shake the hands and do all the, you know, make the first impressions and all that sort of stuff. And what we actually found was we started to get a lot of photography work. And yeah. so um, a lot of my photography stuff had been food photography with the barbecue stuff, excuse me, <clears throat> and festivals and whatnot. And so all of a sudden we're doing headshots for lawyers and uh, accountants. <laughs> headshots. And, headshots cannot go understated. Headshots are such an important thing that gets overlooked as like, oh, it's no big deal. It's just a headshot. Literally every single profile on every social platform requires a headshot. You need a headshot for your website. Like do not overlook the headshot. Please, if you're listening to this, if you get anything out of this episode, please go get a professional headshot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we started doing that. And then we've we've been out. We've done a couple of on-location shoots. And, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're sort of branching out there. So now, fast forward 12 months, um, I'm, I'm now having to adjust my workload at the college to be able to make way for all the work that we're bringing in with Meet and Fire Media Services now, um, which is fantastic. So we've now got some inquiries for videography. So people want us to, to do some video testimonials for them, for their websites, for their businesses, um, which is exciting. Um, and yeah, it, it's all coming together really nicely. And it's because we, we made that decision to double down back ourselves and just work together towards a common goal. And, um, that's where we're at with, with meat and fire media services. So it's, it, it's exciting. Um, I had been doing a 1.25 workload at the college for the last five years. Um, and I just, two days ago, got to drop it to a 1.0. So I'm just working a regular full-time job again now. So I was, uh, I had that Friday off and it was glorious. <laughs> Absolutely glorious. Um, I, I got to spend the day out in the backyard. I, um, one of the things we did in the backyard was I've been building a new uh, outdoor barbecue studio kitchen. Beautiful. So I've, I've bought a whole bunch of lights and cameras and, uh, you know, block out blankets and things to, uh, because of course the, the kitchen faces due west. So after about midday, the kitchen's unusable in terms of filming because the, the afternoon light comes in and just blows everything out. So we got to block all that off and all that sort of stuff. So I've been working on that. I've been building on that. And I got to use that for the first time on Friday. And I did a, um, I did a little how to select and trim beef ribs video for the Townsville barbecue battle, which I was doing a whole bunch of virtual stuff for them. So one of the other things that that's popped up through all this is that, um, I built this home studio that I'm sitting in now and I started to do a bunch of different stuff while we're all in lockdown. 
um, because we have quite a sizable community on Facebook, our, our Facebook group, the Smoking Hot Confessions Barbecue Community. And a lot of those people in there, they are There's restaurant over, owners. Over 3,000 active users. Like, yeah. don't worry about the number. Worry about that all of them care about anything that Ben or Bree posts. Anytime that they post, they're actively engaging and producing their own content for that Facebook community group. And that's so important. Yeah, I, I think it goes beyond more than they just care about us. We all care about each other in Correct. that group. Correct. Um, and so it's it's honestly, it's it, it's one of the nicest um, groups that you'll find out there. And I agree. One of the... Um, a friend of mine really inspired me. He, um, he had a partner and his partner had a daughter. And so he, he sort of became a stepdad to this daughter and he was going to these business, uh, not, sorry, not business parties, birthday parties. And, um, just seeing all these kids getting pumped up on junk food, running around screaming, parents screaming at kids. And he decided, um, he was inspired by Gandhi, be the change that you want to see in the world. And he actually started a, um, a business of, uh, fit and healthy outdoor um, activity uh, sessions, and what he did was he had this he ha- he has this big van and he packs all these outdoor kids pop up playground activity type things and he goes there and um, he makes the rules so the kids aren't allowed to drink soft drinks there they aren't allowed to be eating candy there they you know if they're going to eat they've got to eat fruit the other parents need to give them fruit otherwise they don't come and play on his stuff until they go eat and burn all the rubbish off somewhere else and he's got all uh, all these activities that engage kids actively and healthily. And I was really inspired by that, you know, be the change that you want to see. And I, I was in all these different Facebook groups and it just gets so nasty so quickly. And, you know, people are sitting at home in the dark by themselves and they have a couple of drinks and they get a bit out of control and they're on the keyboards and that, you know, and I decided, look, I'm going to start my own Facebook group and I'm going to be, I'm going to be really clear in the rules and I'm going to be consistent about applying those rules and even handed. Um, so I, I, I did that and it's been a slow build on the group. You know, some, some groups start and they blow up to 10, 15,000, hundred thousand really quickly. We've been a really slow build, but it's been a consistent build and it's one of the nicest places to be. But anyway, during lockdown, I, I really feel obligated to take care of this group. Um, I put a lot of time into that and I take care of a lot of the people. And so one of the things we did was I started a barbecue game show. So sitting here in the studio, I found this, this online platform that would allow me to type all these questions in, put a photo, multiple choice answers. And then I worked out how to, how to stream that live and have people be able to engage like a, almost like a Jeopardy or a sale of the century type uh, yep. type game show online. So we did that every Friday for 10 weeks. And, um, and after each one, we had a, a separate session that was not recorded. It wasn't branded. Um, I would actually turn off the zoom call, take off all my branding and put a different shirt on and just kick back. And we'd, we'd have a beer and just chat just like almost like a social circle. And I think that that meant a lot to people um, just to have that because all, all of a sudden, all the competitions were gone. Um, you know, all the all the social outlets for people to be able to talk to each other and relate to each other and blow off steam were gone. And so I did these things to to help sort of foster the community. And so as a result of those different virtual um, events that I was doing, I'm now getting invited to do these different virtual events um, that have sprung up alongside face-to-face competition. So for example, this, this weekend just passed, um, actually 
yesterday, exactly yesterday, the Townsville barbecue battle. They're up in, they're about a 14 hour drive north of me up in the north of Queensland. And um, I was just sitting right here in the office here on the Gold Coast. And I was jumping into people's backyards all around Australia because they were running a backyard barbecue competition virtually in parallel to the in-person barbecue competition at, um, and in Townsville at Strand Park there. So they had all these big screens set up and a stage set up and they'd do something in person live on the stage. And then they'd cross to me and we'd do something virtually and, and it was streamed on the internet and also broadcast on the big screens at the event. And I think that's one thing that we're seeing now is we're seeing a whole lot of different um, digital avenues yep. have been created, have been invented. And now we're starting to see them get incorporated more into face-to-face events. And I think that's really interesting. And I think that's, I think that's going to be the future of, um, of the barbecue scene. We're going to see a lot more digital stuff happening, a lot more digital stuff going on. And, uh, for someone who is a complete barbecue nerd and a techno nerd like myself, that's just fantastic news. Well, it's, it's ironic that the, the way that we met was on Instagram live at a barbecue event. We were literally pre pandemic already figuring out how to use these digital tools that we have at our fingertips to make connections on the other side of the world. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, what is it? Um, uh, necessity is the mother of invention. Is that the, yeah. is that the expression? Yeah. yeah. There you go. So- I'd love for you to talk about, um, I heard your last podcast and you were talking about your podcast partner program and some of the statistics of the results that you're seeing in that niche for meat and fire. Can you, uh, can you walk us through that? Yeah. So one of the things that we've done with, with our podcast, um, what a lot of people don't sort of realize is that the podcast for each episode that plays for an hour, there's a minimum of 10 hours work behind the scenes. Thank that, you for I mean, saying I, that. I don't, I don't need to tell you this. I don't need to tell you this, um, but I'm, I'm telling everybody else, there's a minimum of 10 hours work that goes into every one hour of, yes. of episode. And I, I've been doing this for, for five years now, and it reaches a point where you either burn out or you start to, you need to find ways of making that program earn its keep. Yep. And um, so there was that pressure. And then there was also we've really seen an uptick in the, um, in the exposure of the show. So, um, necessity being the mother of invention during lockdown, um, I thought, okay, I'm going to use this time to reinvent smoking hot confessions. Um, we had been audio only for three or four years and I thought, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to work out how to, um, turn this into a video format as well. And we are going to, um, publish it in multiple formats. So I played around with a couple of different ways of doing it. Um, started out just using a webcam and then uh, wasn't happy with that. Um, I was recording it all on zoom and then wasn't happy with that. So I started recording it on zoom, but then using uh, video editing software to put nice frames all around it. And it was all manually done bit by bit. And it was, there was about four hours of work just in each one of them. Um, just to get each episode sure. manually manually cut and edited into those nice frames and that that we use. And um, <clears throat> sorry. <clears throat> no problem. And you all right? uh, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I'm just, um, that's just winter time here. I might be a little bit, uh, a little bit cold in the morning. Um, and so we, I worked through that and went through a couple of evolutions of that really quickly because um, I'm a bit of a perfectionist and I have a, I actually have a degree in theater. 
So performance and drama and acting and on the stage and in front of cameras and stuff. I've, I've been trained in that. I've got three years training in that. And um, so it's, it's all got to be mint or I'm not happy with it. And so we, we've gone through about four different evolutions in, in 12 months and it's really paid off. So now that the show has been uh, released in video and audio format, we've seen total consumption of the show uh, increase by 20 fold. That's incredible. Um, it's, it's which, which platforms are you, are you streaming to? So the audience understands. So I actually do it, do it in a couple of different ways. I live stream the recording in the Facebook group, in the Smoking Hot Confessions barbecue community. And that adds value to the people in the community because they have the opportunity to interact with the guests. So I no longer use Zoom. I use a different software called Ecamm Live. Mm -hmm. And um, it's quite an expensive software, but it does allow me the opportunity for the viewers to interact with the guests. So they can pop comments and questions in, and then I can bring those comments and questions up on screen for the guest to answer. So I record the podcast live in that group on, in the, uh, on Facebook. And then I leave that up for an hour or two so that anybody who joined late can go back and catch the start. But then I actually pull it down. And because I'm that perfectionist, I have to edit it all up, polish the audio, EQ everything. I've got to do all that stuff. And then I um, republish it at a later date. And so one of the things that I do, because I'm, because I teach at a college, I like to batch record in the holidays. So I did an episode with you just a few weeks ago and that was, um, that was one episode on a day of recording. So I'll, yep. I'll pick a day and I'll record four or five episodes in a day. And, um, if you think my voice is a bit croaky today, you should see me by the end of, uh, by the end of about seven hours of just talking on a, on a, on a webcam. Sure. Um, but, uh, so that then gets published. The video then gets published across YouTube, um, Facebook and IGTV over on Instagram. And um, they're all one hour episodes. We do have, if the episodes run over, then I do have to trim bits out of it. But on Patreon, we do have a subscriber based uh, Patreon account where they can actually view or listen to that uh, uncut version of it. So that's over on, on Patreon as well. Um, and then, of course, the audio version gets uploaded to Libsyn. That's the podcast host that we use. And then Libsyn, which stands for Liber uh, Liberated Syndication, they then syndicate it out for me to every possible podcast platform that, that there is. Um, so it goes everywhere there. So pretty much anywhere where you're on socials, you type in Smoking Hot Confessions, you're going to find the show. Um, yeah. And what we've found is that uh, – well, I was looking at the numbers and I went, oh, wow, this is some great numbers here. Um, there's some opportunities to help out some, some businesses here. And one of the things that we did during the lockdown was uh, the, the focus of the show had been on competition barbecue. But of course, when there's no competitions on, there's no winning teams to talk to and all this sort yep. of stuff. So I shifted the focus to, uh, to people who had barbecue businesses, particularly small businesses. And I started to bring them on as the weekly guests and, give them as much exposure as possible and um, give them a chance to talk about how people can still, can still support their businesses, even though they're in lockdown and all this sort of stuff. So um, helping people and helping small businesses is one of the things that we're passionate about here. And we saw an opportunity now that we've got this, you know, 20 fold increase of consumption of the show, we thought, okay, well, this is something that we can do. It's going to help them um, uh, as part of the partnership there'll be some money coming back to us. So that's going to help us as well. And, 
we started to do these little case studies. So I approached a couple of businesses. I said, listen, this is an idea I've got um, an introductory price of this, you know, as an experiment. And, uh, let's see what we can do. And so the first case study we did was five episodes and the total number of uh, plays and listens. I'm really not good with numbers. You put me on the spot here. I think it was 50, <laughs> 51,000 yep. uh, over five episodes, um, total views and listens um, with a total reach of 141,000 people. So we were able to put that. 171. All right, there yeah. you go. Thank you. No problem. So, so you've you've got the stats up there. Yeah. I've got your stats. Okay. Very so, impressive. Uh, very impressive stats. I was very. I was. I mean, we put on a barbecue media company, and you're doing barbecue media things that are impactful for all these businesses that you're. This is the power of media. It's the power of marketing, but turning it into media. And that's why I'm so excited to have you on and so excited for what you and Bree are doing, because this is the future of, this is what legacy media doesn't understand. Radio doesn't get this. Newspapers don't get this. News stations don't understand this, but podcasters are starting to understand the value of the content that they're creating for telling the story, helping a business tell their story. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that, so that was the first case study total reach of 171,000. So we were working with that small business. We put their name in front of 171,000 people across the different platforms with a total consumption of, uh, was it 51? Was that what the number was? 51,000? Yep. yep 51, yes. Okay. 000. Yeah. I should have the stats in front of me. This is embarrassing. The, I put the you on sec- the spot. Come on. Yeah, 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 yeah. By the time we got to the second case study, that the the snowball was really rolling down the mountain now, and we got a total consumption of about eighty five thousand uh, views and listens, with a total reach of just under a quarter million people, two hundred and forty one thousand, something like that, and. Um, so that that is really huge for just five episodes for a five week partnership. So um, we've got uh, two more businesses that are um, just in the contract stage now for becoming podcast partners. We're looking forward to working with them, and uh, and helping them get their message out there as well. So what's at the core for us is is and always has been helping people. So as I said at the at, at the top of the show, we're international English teachers. We work with immigrants refugees, all that sort of stuff, you know, people that are fleeing persecution in their countries, we're helping them land here and become part of the, and, you know, become contributing members of the community and all this sort of stuff. And we realized that the show wasn't just an entertainment thing. The show was also educational and it was, um, it had the real opportunity to help, uh, to help people. So we, Last year during during the lockdown, I told you that we switched focus from uh, competitions to businesses. And so we were able to help not only the guests that we were interviewing, but all the other people listening that also had businesses in the barbecue world, listening to how those people had pivoted their businesses and had modified their business models to survive the lockdowns and the pandemics. That knowledge is then spread around. And so other people are able to then apply those techniques um, in their own businesses and what we've seen um, is that despite all this lockdown and pandemic and stuff, the barbecue industry has fared very well compared to a lot of other industries. Now there's a lot of reasons for that. It's not, it's not just us. Um, There are many, many reasons for that, but uh, we like to think that we contribute to that. And as you said, right at the very top, the rising, the rising tide lifts all ships. And that's very true. 
And so, you know, things have picked up for us. We're able to help people more. We're able to help them lift more. And it just, it becomes this cycle of improvement and, and help and sharing. And it leads to success across the board for everybody. So that's what's at, at the core of what we do for us. And that's what we offer um, different businesses through both Smoking Hot Confessions now and, uh, and Meat and Fire Media Services. I absolutely love that. And it's one of the things we we talk about and we try to teach as well. It's that you, the person listening to this podcast, the one that's driving in your car, wherever you are, you can be the voice of the village. We all want somebody else to do it, but it's you. If you take that smartphone, if you start to use video, if you start to use streaming, if you start to post content, if you start to do smartphone storytelling and start using audio, video, written word and images, it's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to happen tomorrow. It might not happen in a year. Ben's been doing this for five years. I mean, we've been doing it for 13, but we've pivoted and we've been able to create all these different opportunities to learn that we need to focus on who we are. We need to know our story. We also need to know how to market our story, how to publish it on the internet. But now that we do that, it's no longer about us. It's about all the people around us. We're just using all the skills that we've learned to help share that story. So I'm going to put you on the spot like you did when I was on your podcast, you have a brilliant video, a brilliant video to pitch your uh, meat and fire media services. It's a two minute video that is on the website is also in your Facebook feed and it's about branding and social media. I'm sure you have it down by heart and I'm going to give you, put you on the clock. Are you, are you ready? Oh, okay. You ready to go and rehearse? You've got, you've got the brand script. Oh, I, I can find it and I can open it you, if you like. Oh, you don't need it. No, I want it from the heart. Okay. Why? why? So I'm, I'm a small business. Why, why are we investing in, uh, in meat and fire media services? So what is at the core of, of a lot of businesses is branding. And branding is not just what is the business about. Branding needs to be about you. Branding needs to be about bringing your values, what's important to you, into the business and then showing that to the world. Because people no longer are really interested in just buying from a brand. They they want to buy from someone that they trust, someone that they know. So you look at a brand like um, like Toyota is the number one car manufacturer here in Australia. Now, Toyota is, a, you know, it, it, it's a big faceless company, but they've had, you know, 60 years, 70 years here in Australia to build that reputation. And so people know that brand. They feel like they have a relationship with that brand. Their grand, that, you know, their, their great-grandfather had a Toyota. Their grandfather, their father, their, they've got a Toyota the first car that they buy for their kid is going to be a Toyota Corolla because they're bulletproof. They know they can rely on them. They're safe and you know, all the rest of that. If you're running a small business, you don't have the luxury of 70 or 80 years to, to build that brand, to build that relationship with the people. So you need to have branding that's keyed into you and keyed into your message to be able to develop that relationship, to establish that relationship with potential customers. And so one of the things that we have available at Meet and Fire Media Services is we have a an online course that people can can take which is strategic brand sorry brand building through strategic social media marketing. And it's a go to woe course. We take you through uh, all the different ways of um, basically finding your message first, finding what's important to you, how you define your business behind the scenes, and then how you can take that, shape that, mold that, and put that out into the world to bring more, more customers in. 
And what we did was we modeled that off of how we've built Smoking Hot Confessions. Smoking Hot Confessions just started with me on my laptop late in the hours of the night because my, because my, my wife and son are both early birds. They go to bed at 7 PM, 8 PM. And I'm the opposite. I'm a night owl. So I'm left on my own to my own devices from, <laughs> from 7 PM to midnight. And, you could be uh, doing worse stuff, I guess. There's a lot of trouble that a middle-aged man with a laptop <laughs> and a high-speed internet can, uh, internet connection can get into in the, yeah. in the wee hours of the night. Um, but I decided to do this smoking hot confessions thing. And what I actually found was that the more I just did things that felt right to me, that resonated with me, the more that resonated with people out there watching and viewing and, and listening. And uh, as I said, with the, when I was talking about the group, part of that group is I wanted to have a, I, I wanted to have a group that I wanted to be in. I didn't want all this backbiting, the backstabbing, the, you know, all the, all the bitching and moaning and complaining and all the, all the nastiness that can go on in a lot of groups. And so that's what I did. And I wanted a barbecue brand that did this and stood for this and represented this. And that's what we've done. And so what we've done is we've um, built that course out to show people how to do exactly how we built Smoking Hot Confessions. So that's what's happening with that. Um, that's the brand building thing. And that's miles off script. So I don't know if that was what you were looking no, for. but ex um, It's exactly what I was looking for. <laughs> I'd love for you to tell me a little bit about the things that you've seen successful barbecue brands do in Australia, as well as globally. You have a global reach with your show. You you barbecue, all, you podcast and interview all the top barbecue heavyweights all over the globe. Um, what have you seen from successful brands? Um, the I think that the most important thing, and I'm... I'm not going to say that that Smoking Hot Confessions is one of the most successful brands. It's just the brand, of course, that I'm most uh, aware of. And uh, one of the things that we've always done is we've always made sure that the show is not about us. So the show is always about other people. The show is about, A, the people listening, and we want to make sure that they get value for time because time is the most valuable thing that we have. So if you're going to spend an hour listening to my show, I want you to come away going, wow that not only was I entertained, but I learned a ton from that. Thank you so much. So A, it's got to be valuable for the consumers. B, it's got to be valuable for the guests. So those two things work together. The more listeners you get, the more valuable for the, it is for the guests. The more valuable it is for the guests, the higher, um, the higher, the, the, the more well-known, the higher reputation reputed, reputed um, guests you're going to get. The, the more reputed guests you get, the more value there is for the audience and the audience grows and it becomes this cycle. So in 165 episodes that we're up to now, we've only wow. ever done we've only ever done two episodes that are about smoking hot confessions and that was the 100th episode and the 150th. And that's our plan is just it once a year, every 50th episode, we're just going to touch base and tell everybody what's happening here at smoking hot confessions. And, but other than that, the other 90, what's that? 98% of the, of the episodes are all about what's going on out there. And that has resonated across all the interviews that I've done is that the people that I interview, yes, they might run businesses. They might be competitors, of course, there's something in it for them to be on the show, but the people who do the best are the people who are more interested in 
providing value for the listeners, for the viewers, than they are in getting value out of it for themselves. So they're the people who who give the most, who share the most during the episodes. Um, one of the most popular episodes we've ever done is is one of the earliest ones with um, Tony Gimolero. He was uh, he is a uh, just a barbecue legend over here. He's um, a grand champion. Uh, like number one for the year winner of the whole national ladder that we run over here. And, uh, you know, pretty much everywhere he ever went, he won, you know, just absolute legend. And his episode where he, cause he was one of the first guys in the competition barbecue scene to bring a sauce to market. And, uh, now everybody's doing it. Everybody's got a rub. Everybody's got a sauce, but he was probably the first, I think I'm going to say here back in 2016, he had his, his barbecue sauce out. And, uh, to date, that is still one of the most popular episodes we've ever done because he just laid it all out there. He said, this is this is how I make the sauce. This is how it goes to market. This is who I spoke to. This is what we need to do. These are the steps that you need to take, blah, 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 blah. And he just put it all out there, just laid it all out there and provided so much value that I think um, that episode resonates a lot with other people. So I think that the biggest key is not is when you're making this content, don't look at it as how can I get the maximum number of sales from this post? Look at it in terms of how much value can I provide in this post? Now, I'm not saying if, you know, if you're a smoker manufacturer, go put your schematics up on, on Facebook, but uh, you know, that could be very popular. It could be, but then you're probably not going to sell too many more smokers. (laughs) Uh, But, uh, but you know, if you're a smoker manufacturer, start making content, teaching people how to cook stuff on your smoker. Yeah. You know, share, share a video about um, fire management of showing how you control the fire in the firebox of your smoker. Um, Explain thermodynamics, how the smoke and the heat travel through the smoker using one of your smokers. Um, You know, just value, value, value for the consumers rather than pitch, 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 take, take, take. Um, there are moments to pitch. We, you, you and I discussed that when you were on my show, we, we discussed pitching and, and, you know, no doubt there is a certain element of pitching involved. We, we pitch to our podcast partners, you know, we say, this is what we've got. This is the service that we can offer. This is how we can help you. This is what we, this is what we need in return. Um, and that's part of the pitch. We don't pitch to our consumers. Correct. We provide value to our consumers and then, they, they engage with our brand and they enjoy our brand. And as a result, um, you can't see behind me here very well, but there's all these, uh, cupboards and things with all these little boxes and that behind me. And they're all full of t-shirts and hoodies and hats and mugs and all the, all the merch. And every week I'm running to the post office and I'm doing that, but I don't pitch that stuff. People just engage with the brand. They find it naturally. They go to the website. They're clicking around, looking at the different articles and things we've got on the website. And then they go, oh, there's a shop here. What's in, oh, that looks nice. I'll get some of that. And because we have that relationship of trust with them, of providing value, I don't need to pitch. They go, you know what? Smoking Hot Confessions provides so much value and it's, uh, I I trust it so much. I know that that T-shirt is going to be a good quality T-shirt. I don't need to see a video of Ben trying to tear the shirt with his hands to show how strong it is or anything like this, you know, 
Um, I want to see that video. <laughs> and that's, and that's, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll get mine in my wife's car and I'll tie yeah. them to the tow bars and then there try and drive the cars in different directions. Yeah. Now we're, now we're talking, get a TikTok <laughs> video going. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. But um, look, it, in the, in the world of content marketing, the focus needs to be on the value for the consumer, not on the pitch for the business. That's a, that's a hundred percent correct. And I, I love the way that you narrated that story for us because it, it comes down to story. And I know that's one of the most difficult things when you're in a value-based business is that how do you tell your story in that value-based business? But, you know, the way that I see the ecosystem of the content that you create, when you add that value, your brand ambassadors, your people that love your show, who I am included and Stover is included and all the barbecue community is included. It's because you're adding so much value that we, we can't not talk about it. I can't not bring up the way that you do your show, the way that you add value, the way that you're building a community on Facebook, the way that you're forward thinking on your website, the way that you do your email campaign. Give me some tips for any small business, not just a barbecue business, not just a media business, but some tips for how do you build a, a successful website? Oh, wow. Build a successful website. Um, okay. Uh, so I, I did build that website myself. And as you mentioned at, at, at the top of the show, um, that, that did pick up number one barbecue website at NBBQA this year in 2021. Um, that was a ton of work, an absolute <laughs> ton of work. Um, everything that I do here at Smoking Hot Confessions is self-taught. So in those hours of, you know, 7 p.m. to midnight, I've been watching YouTube videos, uh, lynda.com, which is now LinkedIn Learning, um, you know, all these sorts of things. Everything I've learned, I've had to teach myself how to do. And one of those things is building a website. And fortunately, my jujitsu teacher, uh, he used to build websites professionally. So uh, for about three months, every Sunday, I'd bring around a six pack of beer and a little, uh, a little, uh, delicatessen plate. And we'd sit there and he'd teach me how to do stuff. And each, each Sunday he'd teach me how to do something. And because I had an old website that I'd been updating weekly for about three years, there was over a hundred, um, different web pages on there, different articles, different stories. So it wasn't just a matter of building a fresh new website with no meat on the bones. I had to convert the whole thing. So it took me 12 months. Mm-hmm. And that, that was virtually working nonstop on it for 12 months to convert all of that existing information over into the new format because we built it from scratch. Um, I think the, when it comes to having a website, the most important thing is to understand your business and understand what type of website you need. So mine is a content-based website. So my website is not a static website. My website gets updated weekly. And so I need to have on the front page of that, I need to show immediately what those latest updates are. So I use, um, it's, it is a website because there is a shop function. There is a, a, some static pages, but there's also a blog function in there as well. So if you're looking at doing something content-based, then you're going to want to look at, at a, uh, at a blog structured website. If you're, if you're something like a butcher or something like that, you're probably not going to be updating the website weekly you need a static website. You need something where the homepage is the homepage, the info page is the info page. The content still needs to be engaging. You can still put slideshows and little videos on there, but you're not going to be, it's not like a newspaper where you're putting the latest information up front first. What you're putting in up front is your, basically you're presenting your business and then a call to action. 
So you'd have a video at the front. This is who we are. This is what we do. Watch me chop up this bit of meat here in front of you in this video. Come on down to the shop and we'll get you sorted. See you soon. You know, something like that on the front and then the, the contact details there. Now, if you're a larger butcher and you're able to engage a content creator for you, and have people write recipes for you using your meat, using, you know, um, I, I don't know what your butchers are, are like over there now, but butchers aren't just meat over here anymore. You, sure. go, into oh, a, yeah. you go into a butcher now, you've Special, got all your rubs, you've got sauces, yep. you've got woods, you've got, it, exactly, yeah, they've basically gone from being just meat to now being, as you said, a specialty, a specialty grocer. Um, if you're large enough that you can employ a content creator, then by all means, start doing that and add a blog function to the website because um, a website that's updated often gets driven up the uh, the Google algorithm more. So, you know, there's definitely benefits of doing that. But so the, the key to all of this is knowing yourself and knowing your business. Who are you and what do you need? And, and, and then build that and worry about everything else later as you need it. Um, so who are you? What's your message? What is the purpose of the website? and build the website to suit that purpose. Why is video such a powerful form of content marketing? Um, because we spend a lot of time on the toilet and people like to watch videos <laughs> on the toilet. No, um, it's because, <laughs> look, I, uh, they, they used to say that a picture is worth a thousand words. And I think that a video is worth a thousand pictures. Um, the words are of course still important because you're not just going to stand there and just look at a camera for three minutes and not say anything. So the words are still very important. And, you know, the, the, the picture is still very important. You've still got to, you know, set the frame up nicely and have the background nice and all this sort of stuff. Um, but people, we are visual by nature. Our, our eyes are the most used sense that we have now, um, apart from maybe taste, because we we love to eat and we love to watch stuff. And if we can watch and eat stuff at the same time, hey, that, then you're winning there. But uh, look, video is just so much more engaging than other forms of content. You can draw people in. It's it's easier to tell a story because you can literally tell a story. And storytelling dates back through the entire history of humanity. Um, before there was written language, before there were books, before there was any of that stuff, storytelling was how we educated people. You know, all the hunters and gatherers, they'd go out, they'd do their thing during the day. They'd all gather back in the village at nighttime, light a fire, cook the food, and all sit around the fire telling stories. And that's how things like, um, you know, different, different cultural acceptable behaviors and all, all that sort of stuff, you know, fables and, um, Oh, I'm mental blanking on the word stories that stories that are used to teach behavior and cultural, culturally accepted behaviors and things like that. Anyway, you, you know what I'm talking about. I the know old, exactly what you're talking the about. old style stories that your grandmother sure. used to tell you and all that sort of stuff. The, the oral history and the formation of culture through storytelling. That's what's hardwired into us. And so we all now have the opportunity. I mean, where's my phone? Right, right here. I've got a phone right there. That's 4K capable video studio yep. right in my pocket. Yep. And for for less than a hundred bucks, you can get a reasonable microphone and a little bit of and a little editing software. And you can produce outstanding content on a phone. It's only it's only just three weeks ago that I've updated from uh, using phones as cameras to using a like a pretty flash camera. Um, until then the last five years I've just been using iPhones. 
And yep. so I've, I've managed to build this business um, using iPhones to the point where now I spend my weekends traveling around the country, working at barbecue festivals. You know, I'm either on stage presenting to the crowd, you know, doing cooking demonstrations, hosting Q&As, emceeing the events, or I'm running around in the crowd doing content creation for social media marketing and um, continuing to keep that event in the forefront of people's minds uh, for as long as possible. So the next, when the next year rolls around, when the event's going to be on, people start seeing posts advertising it. They're like, oh yeah, I know what that was. Um, I'll, I'll go along to that this year. And uh, so I've, I've managed to do most of that just from a, from a mobile phone. And I mean, if you think about that, the ability to shoot 4K in your pocket. Yes. That's wild. That's wild. And you can, you can talk for one minute, post it, and a minute later, it's global. It's global. all around the world. It's wild. Yeah. It's absolutely wild. And it's, it's wild and it's intimidating at the same time. Yes. So there, there are some people like you and me who see the potential of it and we're like, oh, my God, we can reach a global audience in less than 60 seconds. Let's do it. Let's and do there's, it. And there's people that go, oh, my God, I can reach a global audience in less than a minute. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Panic, panic, freeze, put the phone down too hard. Correct. And the beauty of digital media is you don't have to publish it. Yes. You can practice, you can, you can record it and delete it. This isn't film. You're not buying the film, processing the film, looking at the photos and going, no, they're rubbish and throwing them in the bin and you've wasted a hundred dollars. This is digital media. You can shoot it. You can film it. You can photograph it. You can get a podcasting app and you can, uh, just record an audio version, listen back and go, that's terrible. I'm not publishing that. And no one ever needs to know about it. You could spend months practicing and rehearsing and getting your skills up and then launch and then go, bam. Um, but now that said, one of the things that your the hardest core members of your audience are going to appreciate is they're going to appreciate being on your journey. Yeah. So even if you do publish something that that isn't perfect at the start, there are going to still be some people who engage with you. They're going to see you. They're going to, and as long as you're being authentic, they're going to see the real you. They're going to see what you're trying to do and they're going to connect with you and they're going to follow you. And as you improve, that's going to grow and you're going to attract more and more people. And what you end up with is this following that have seen you evolve and they're emotionally invested in your story and in your brand. And that the power of that cannot be understated. Now, one of the things that, one of the mantras that we have built Smoking Hot Confessions and Meat and Fire on is to take imperfect action. And yes. there's a guy here who um, I, I first heard that. I don't know if it's his direct quote, but I first heard it from him. Uh, his name escapes me, but his podcast was called Pro Blogger. And it was a podcast that, um, that was about uh, how to build a professional blog, how to build a professional website, how to basically content marketing. And uh, his mantra was just um, uh, take imperfect action. And it, but the core of that message is it doesn't matter if it's not perfect because you're going to talk yourself out of it every time. Oh, I don't like that shadow on my face. Oh, I don't like, oh, I hiccuped in the middle of that. Oh, I, oh, I did this. Oh, I, oh, I cut, I held the knife the wrong way. I can't show people like, Take imperfect action, roll with it, learn from it, don't do it again, and improve next time. 
And that's, that's at the core of everything that we do. So when we first started doing the podcast in video format, if you go back about 12 months, a little bit more than 12 months now, and you dig through YouTube and you find our first video version of the podcast, the audio is great, sounds great. The information in it is great. The video is pretty hard to watch. <laughs> and so we've, uh, but I, I looked at it and I went, oh, I really don't like that, but we're onto something here. I'm going to work with it. I'm going to evolve it. And next week will be better. And so there was that, there's that one episode that was just done in the bare bones manner. And I really hated the way it looked. And literally by the next week, I had it looking better. And then it was just a matter of tweak, 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 tweak. And now we're at the point where it just, it looks amazing. It sounds amazing. Everything's great. And people are loving it. And the, the people that were, the people that had bought into our, uh, had, had emotionally invested in us a year ago, 15 months ago, they've been part of that journey and they're seeing it come along. And when I get out to events now and I see people, they come up to me, they walk up to me, they go, they shake my hand. They go, man, you're doing amazing things with that podcast. I love it so much. Um, one, one person in particular, I, I particularly stands out in my memory, came up to me and said, mate, I love the video version of the show. My family and I are all into barbecue. We save it for a Friday night. And we all sit down on the couch together and watch it like a TV program on the, on the big screen in the lounge room. That's and amazing. That, that just blew my mind. And that's something that, that we do here in the spare bedroom of the house. Yep. And it's, it's being um, consumed like mainstream television. Um, by families around the world. And it was actually, this has just made me think of something else. Just yesterday I was watching a, um, cause I'm, I'm, I'm addicted to learning. I love learning new stuff. So if I find myself with, you know, Oh, I've got 15 minutes. I'm just sitting here doing nothing. I'll jump on YouTube and I'll look up something that I want to learn and I'll watch a, I'll watch a video on it. And I was watching something about live streaming and, and how to do better live streams, all that sort of stuff. And something that uh, one statistic that they put up, and I haven't fact-checked it, so I, I can't you know, get behind it 100%, but they said that um, people are now watching, uh, sorry, 70% of people's video consumption is now on YouTube and Facebook and not on conventional television. I believe that. And that is a mammoth statistic. What does that mean? That means that people want to know what you are thinking about. People want to know what you are doing. People want to know what you know. And that's what the barbecue podcast, the Spoken Confessions barbecue podcast is all about. People want to know what the guests know. And that's what it is. That's, that's sharing that knowledge. That's the, the guest builds their reputation because people listen to it and go, wow, that guy really know, or, or that gal really knows what they're talking about. Um, and they just shared that information. Wow. I love them. Yes. And, and the, that builds their reputation. The audience learns from it. So they love the show and it just, it all loops back to what you said. It's all cyclic. We've all, we're back to the top of the show again now where the rising tide lifts all boats. Yep. That, that's how content marketing works in my mind. I love that. Take imperfect action. Uh, if you're listening to this podcast and you're, it resonates with you, we say all the time, stay curious, get involved and ask for help. You know, if you're curious, that that's why you're here. That's why you're listening to this podcast. Um, and we appreciate you. Literally, we we couldn't do it without you. We, but back to take imperfect action. It's the act of doing the task. It's learning the habit of producing media content, audio content, video content, written content, photos. Because you don't know 
what that act will do as you start to learn that skill set. That smartphone skill set of publishing content is going to unlock so many opportunities that Ben has seen, that his wife has seen, that I have seen, that Stover's seen, our team has seen. And we want you to be empowered that same way. Um, if you have any questions, please do not hesitate to reach out to me. Do not hesitate to reach out to Ben. Stover is going to do a great job of putting all of the links into the show notes. Um, it, it all happens with reps. You know, uh, the, the, the quote that we love to talk about is um, from Steve Martin, the comedian. He was asked, how did he become such a great comedian? And he said, I'm going to tell you an answer that you're probably not going to like. And the interviewer said, well, what, what's the answer? And he goes, be so good they can't ignore you. <laughs> and what does that what what does that mean? It means work on the craft. Fail. Fail a lot. Fail again. Jerry Seinfeld, fail. Chris Rock, all the great comedians, all the great athletes, all the great people in business. They're willing to fail. Einstein, all of these people, they were all willing to fail, fail, fail. And then yet we see the success and we go, oh, well, I want to be successful. I want to put on a podcast. You have to have the courage to fail. Have the courage to say, the things that you're scared to say that you're scared to produce your first podcast, say that on camera, say, this is my first cut podcast. I'm, I'm really nervous about it. All you need is one. You just need an audience of one. And that one person can just be you five years before you began this journey. Yeah, man, that's exactly right. One of the, one of the core tenements of, um, tenants, not tenements, tenants of, uh, of Brazilian jiu-jitsu that my family and I study is, uh, you know, die a thousand times in the gym to survive once on the street. And that's exactly that. That is come to the gym and fail, 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 fail. So that when it counts, you don't fail. Yeah. When it counts, you win. And so that's, you know, that's a common theme through so many of the things that, that we do here. You know, it's, it's in our martial arts. It's in our content that we produce for our show. It's, it's, it's everything. It's everything. Taking perfect action and, you know, fail a thousand times to nail it once when it counts. Well, Ben, I, uh, I can't thank you enough for taking the time. I know it's not Father's Day in Australia, but it, it will be Father's Day for us tomorrow. Um, as a dad, as a leader, um, I respect the hell out of the work that you and your wife are doing. Stover and I and our entire team are huge fans. Um, what you do for the barbecue community, what you do for the media community, sharing your secrets, sharing your tips, sharing your vulnerability. Um, you know, I appreciate you taking us through that difficult time in your life, but it's through that hero's journey. We all like to talk about, you know, we started this idea and then we became successful, but the thing that everyone resonates with is pain, struggle, financial struggle, getting ripped off by a con man, not knowing what you're going to do, not knowing if you're going to have be able to pay or if you have to sell your home and then leaning into your strengths, you know, back to what you said during this podcast, you said, I want to produce the things that I want to see. I want to build something that I want to be in, be the change that you want to see. If you do that, if you start to create that content, you can build a community of like-minded people in that rising tide. We all start to find each other. And then you have friends like I do now with you and your wife. And whenever you guys come to San Diego, uh, your family. So thank you so much for what you do. Um, I truly appreciate it. Thank you guys for listening. Um, please follow Ben. Please listen to his podcast. Uh, please reach out if you have any questions. And um, as always, stay curious, get involved, and don't be afraid to reach out and ask for help. We'll see you guys next week.